Well, good evening and welcome to our second episode of Sports on the Porch. Live and unedited, recorded right here in the Screen Porch studio. And it is a beautiful, beautiful evening. Uh, what temperature are we, are we bringing out today? Well, looking at the Wheaton-Dumont thermometer, Matt, it's a lovely 77 degrees out in the porch this evening. Um, I'm excited for tonight's episode and uh, looking forward to chatting some sports with you. I am looking forward to it as well, but first and foremost, what we have to start the evening out is what is in your cup? I'm going back to the well a second time, uh, not with the Maharaja IPA, but I'm going with another big IPA. Uh, this is from Roundhouse Brewing in um, Brainerd, Minnesota. This IPA uh, checks in at 8.9 alcohol by volume, uh, another big bold IPA, um, 87 IBUs, and I, I love the value of this IPA, uh, a four pack. Uh, was less than $10 of the uh, tall boys. So a great value on this big IPA and and I'm enjoying a great uh, summer summer beer. Would this be a beer that I would enjoy? You knowing my taste. Again, Matt, this is cat urine. For me. For yeah, you. Well, yeah. For me, I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to taste any of yours. I'll stick with my water as a responsible host. Uh, I'm not going to go with the beer that you are currently enjoying. And you are knee deep in that beer, so. Yet again, I, I imagine I'll start most episodes knee deep yep. in, in beer. Pretty sure that's not your first either. So here we go with our first topic of the night. And our first topic is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. And we all know who our number one and number two receivers are. As you, I think, so eloquently put it, one and one A. And... That would be Adam Thielen and uh, Chris Carter. No, I, who's the other? Ran, Randy Moss. Oh, no, Randy no. Moss. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, yes, yes, you are correct. So who would you say is our number three and number four receivers? Now we have a lot of receivers in camp. We still have Laquan Treadwell around, um, fifth-year deal guy and former first-round pick. The Vikings are shopping him. They, they want to move him. They don't want to cut him. He's, he's due this weird roster bonus thing, and um, I think if they could get a, a bag of balls for him at this point, they would do it. Um, maybe they could use those balls on the practice field with all the kickers that they have now. Um, but looking back at the wide receivers, Treadwell's out of the realm for, for a third or fourth wide receiver, I think. He just hasn't shown it in the on the field. Um, so I turned my sights to a, a guy that I saw at Vikings training camp last year, Chad Beebe. Um, I love this guy in the slot. Second year kid uh, out of Northern Iowa, 5'9", Don Beebe's son, um, former Super Bowl champion, special teams, great. Um, Chad Beebe has that kind of quickness and um, elusiveness that you look for in that slot receiver as you, generally as your number three. But do you see any sort of correlation between the two or do, is there a lot of similarities in their styles? I, I think similarities in style and, and a lot of that is based on size. Chad Beebe hasn't had the uh, in-game um, regular season performances that his dad has. If he turns out to be three quarters of his dad, uh, I think the Vikings did well. Any other receivers that you would see on the Vikings roster right now in camp that uh, could step up? 
three others that, that we would look at, um, Olabisi Johnson, Jordan Taylor, and Jeff Bidette. I'm sure he'll leave the light on for you, but he's not going to make the, the Vikings squad this year, so we'll scratch him off. Uh, Jordan Taylor uh, has some familiarity with Gary Kubiak, um, Peyton Manning in the past, but I, I just don't see that uh, overcoming the athleticism that I saw out of Ola B.C. Johnson, uh, the rookie seventh-round pick last week. And, yeah, I know it's one preseason game, uh, but he caught a touchdown. I love guys that score, and uh, he, he made a pretty solid catch on uh, what I thought was a little bit of an underthrown ball by Sean Mannion. Uh, went over the top of the cornerback and brought it in for the touchdown. So uh, I'm looking for that six-footer uh, out of Colorado State this year to uh, fill in in that fourth spot and, and be on the outside when the Vikings need a fourth receiver out there. Well, I have to say I don't know that I was paying attention well enough to know whether you mentioned Brandon Zilstra. Zilstrom, uh, practice squad squad guy, I, I just don't think that he uh, quite fits in uh, with what the Vikings are looking for yet. I, maybe another Thielen story, that would be great if it turns out that way for the local kid. But I, I just see the, the talent of, of BB in the slot and on the outside, Johnson, uh, winning out this year. Yeah, I don't know that I like you anymore. I like Brandon Zilstra. So do you would you rank any of those receivers? I mean, you you like... You know, you like uh, Treadwell, but and he's obviously been there, so they, we've got I, I don't like Treadwell. I know you don't like him, but, I mean, you like him as being I, I'm sure he's a fine person. No, I, I don't think he makes the team. I think they trade him. Oh, well. They just cross him off your list. All right. Um, I, I've erased him from my Yahoo Sports page. Thank you. Yep, he's gone. Um, but, you, okay, so you like Chad Beebe, and he would be your number three. Number three, kind of the, that slot guy, and he's also auditioning as the holder on the, the field goal unit team. So um, little multi-purpose, uh, a lot like his dad on the special team. So maybe with the Vikings' recent trade uh, to get Vedvik, the punter-slash-kicker from Baltimore that we gave up a fifth-round pick, uh, you move BB into the, the holder role, and Vedvik is your, your punter, maybe slash kicker if, if something happens with Dan Bailey this year. Um, he, he bombs them from 50-plus for field goals and, and punts the same, so um, I think a, a weird little combination there with, with BB as the holder and Vedvik uh, making it as punter frees up a roster spot for the Vikings to add another corner or maybe another offensive lineman uh, on the, the depth chart this year. Well, I like your insight on the receiver core for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't like my insight since, of course, I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying. Uh, Minnesota Twins, let's move on to the Minnesota Twins. WTF, uh, you had a prediction on the Cleveland series, and that did not come true. Should have put some money down on it. But the Minnesota Twins went one for four in that, and the games weren't, I mean... That, that was a good series, Matt. That I, I think it played out a lot like I thought it would. Um, I, I saw more offense from the Indians that I had anticipated, but they kicked the crap out of the Twins the first two games, like I saw. They had their two studs on the hill in Clevenger and uh, Shane, don't call me Justin Bieber. And the Twins came out, won the third game, and in the fourth game, it, the Twins had the chance to win, and I liked the call sending that runner from from third on that play. Um, Naquin made a great relay to Lindor, and they they cut down 
um, Adrianza at the plate and, and by plenty, but that relay was so fast I heard that it was under four seconds. Um, so send them every time and you still have uh, uh, just a base hit would have scored the runner from second and the Twins would have won that game. So um, I, I think it was a great series and uh, I look forward to some more of those tussles um, for the rest of the year. Well, I hope you're right. So now, speaking of the rest of the year, we're we're coming up to, you know, obviously the middle of August already, and we've got September baseball, and the Twins are no longer ahead by uh, many games, a half game currently as we speak. Um, what are we going to do here now coming into crunch time? Well, you let off this uh, Twins talk with WTF, and, and I was just thinking about it, and I'd like to go somewhere else with that, that little acronym there and that's where's the fun the fun is going to be at target field this year in september um having the twins on the radar with the vikings starting uh their season it's just a great time to be a minnesota sports fan uh, the twins baseball in september is, is going to be very enjoyable they're still going to hit a bunch of dongs um one of your favorite words i know matt i i do enjoy that word and they've uh speaking of tonight's game i know we're not live but they just hit the dong just hearing you talk about all the dongs that the Twins hits, um, it's just exciting. It is exciting, and I believe that they have set a record now uh, for the number of dongs hit as a team. If we keep this up, we're going to set a record for the number of mentions of dongs in, in a one-minute segment on a podcast, Matt. Uh -huh. So we're, we're going to move on. So where's the fun at? It's going to be at Target Field. And the Twins, Indians, they're going to battle all season, um, like I said. But I think the Twins still, in this uh, juicy baseball era, are, are going to win out. And they're a scrappy bunch, plays good defense. It's it's going to be just a fun September. I hope so. I mean, I love September baseball. September baseball is always fun. And, you know, to have the Twins in it and have them, they've been in it obviously all season, but to have them in it at this time of the year is always exciting. And, of course, speaking to somebody who's old enough to remember the 87 and 91 World Series, unlike yourself. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm having a painting uh done of Puckett game six in 91 world series um a little uh surprise 40th birthday present for me uh that my wife let me in on and uh i, I remember 87 i remember 91 i remember uh herbeck pulling ron gantoff first base what a savvy play um and and game six on to game seven uh what a world series and let's have that much fun in minneapolis again that would be fantastic, especially at Target Field. All right, so I'd like to move on, uh, because I want to spend a little time on this, with some uh, fantasy football talk. I kind of want to get your, uh, get your, to pick your brain a little bit. I'm uh, excited for this. I've been looking forward to the fantasy talk since last week. Um, I got some feedback on that, and um, some guys that I'm in fantasy leagues with thought maybe I was... Um, showing all my cards, and uh, I'm going to tell you the truth out there. You know, I'm, I'm going to, of course, text you back and say that it's misinformation, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. So uh, Fake news. Fake fa news. Well, let's, let's go, and, and uh, we'll let the season play out and see how my predictions go. All right, well, let's give it a start here with um, give me your take and predictions on kickers and defense. Uh, let's start with kickers first. 
All right, well, maybe we talk about defenses first. How, what do you think about defenses? Matt, really, kickers and defenses have no place in fantasy football. They're always picked at the end of the draft. They're very, 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 very ever rarely traded. People just don't care about kickers and defenses. So why have them on your fantasy roster? They're just not fun. Don't have a game decided by kickers and defenses. Let's move on to some real players. Well, all right, then. How about we move on to some of uh, the top pick players? Uh, we'll go round by round here. Give me your thoughts. Give me your feelings on whether the draft uh, number is accurate. And uh, I'm going to give you a few players from each round and, and what has been predicted. And you, you give your opinion. So, I like this. Uh, right. quick, quick Twitch reaction um, on, on some fantasy, guys. Let's go. All right. Here we go. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 1.3. So his first pick, third, or first first round third pick, uh, McCaffrey, I take him there. Um, I've got him uh, as my number two wide receiver over or running back overall, and I stand behind that uh, from last week's prediction. Solid player, and he's going to get a lot of touchdowns, a lot of, a lot of uh, touches in that Panthers offense. Yeah, probably more eighth round receiver, but uh, since you made that mistake. Um, I, I, I would venture to say that actually his receiving numbers would put him as a fourth-round wide receiver. Well, aren't you fancy. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, 1.7. He's going in the middle of the first round everywhere I look. Uh, people have him as uh, oftentimes the number one wide receiver off the board. Very solid production numbers, both receptions, yards, and touchdowns. If you're going with Hopkins there, uh, you're, you're not going to be um, disappointed. I, I think he's solid there, yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb, 1.10. Nick Chubb is a guy that I'm, I'm warming up to, um, in, insert your joke here, but I, I think that he, he's going to be uh, carrying the, the rock pretty well for the, the much improved Cleveland Browns offense. We're going to see the second half uh, Chubb that, that we saw last year, and uh, Chubb's going to be in the end zone a lot, scoring. Wonderful. Well... It's always good to have a chub in the end zone. And let's move on to second round. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 2.3. Tyreek Hill uh, has the legal thing figured out. He's uh, not going to get suspended from the NFL. So we've seen his ADP just rise. Um, and and I, I would say that if this uh, suspension concern wasn't there, it would actually be in the first round uh, based on his numbers last year. So I, I think he, he will be a value pick, but there is that risk if he does something stupid and boneheaded. Uh, again, he will get suspended, and so that that early second round ADP is, is appropriate. But, man, that guy's got upside. Insane uh, 1,400-1,500 yard double-digit touchdown upside. We're going to skip right over OBJ because I know that you will talk for an Man hour. Man crush. Yes, yes, we all know. Our first Minnesota Viking on the list, Dalvin Cook, 2.4. I I think I wrote a soliloquy uh, about Dalvin Cook last week. and You did. That, that new offensive line, he's feeling fully healthy, uh, second year removed off of that ACL surgery. And he's such a value at that spot. Um, a lot of places that I look to draft him, I, I feel like I've got to take him um, into the first round to make sure that I get him. Now, what are your thoughts on tight ends in second rounds? Because our first tight end is Travis, is it Kelsey? Travis Kel Kelsey, yep. Look at me for, getting it right. For the uh, 2. Uh, 6. Kansas City Chefs. 
um, I, I think, very solid at, at that draft position. Uh, he, he, just like Tyreek Hill, is going to put up a big numbers with uh, Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, and he's the number one tight end with a bullet. So if you want to have an advantage over the rest of your league at any one position, yeah, go ahead and draft, grab Kelsey um, as uh, anywhere after pick nine in the first round, and I think that'll give you that advantage. Well, and the guy that's going to be throwing to him is Patrick Mahomes. He's right behind him at 2.08. That's way too early to draft a quarterback. We just don't see that repeat year after year, high touchdown passes, high yards that Patrick Mahomes has had. Maybe I'm going to be wrong on this, and uh, he he sets uh, the, the record books, um, but I, I just don't see it happening. He's going to have probably upper 30s touchdown passes, um, f over 5,000 yards. Uh, those numbers mean fourth or fifth round. And quarterbacks are just so deep. There's such a value there that I just can't bring myself to taking a quarterback in the second round this year. Do you think third round is maybe more appropriate for them? Fourth round. I, I think that the third round for Mahomes, fine if you're going to take him there, but you just won't catch me drafting him, him in the third round. Unless if you're playing in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league, uh, those leagues, quarterbacks are a bit more valued, and that does drive up that uh, ADP price. So I could see picking uh, Mahomes in those scenarios in the second or third round. But if you're in your standard 10-12 uh, team league with one quarterback starting, I can't pick Mahomes before probably the fourth round, and, and that's just because he's playing at a, a deep quarterback position. All right, and the last one in the second round that we'll talk about is Melvin Gordon, 2.12. Uh, that's an interesting one to bring up. I don't think that that contract gets settled. Uh, it's it's a tough situation right now. You've got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, two very capable uh, backups as a one-two punch with Gordon out. I don't think that the Chargers feel that they need Gordon to have another double-digit win season. They're not going to pay him $12 million plus dollars a season. He just isn't worth that kind of production. They'd like to trade him, but I don't know if they'll find a trading partner uh, given what uh, other teams know Gordon's asking price is. So uh, I, I can't draft Gordon right there. And if I'm going to take a shot on him, you know, maybe fourth round. Well, how about for all our Green Bay fans, Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, uh, third round. Third round, four. Third round, fourth pick. I like Aaron Jones this year. Uh, they don't have anything else in that backfield. Uh, the Packers are going to score some points this year, and Aaron Jones is going to do it on the ground uh, a bit through the air. He's going to get the bulk of touches. He's going to be that number one running back in that, the Packers offense that he should have been last year, and he's proven he should have been. Um, I, I'd say uh, let, let the new head coach, LeFleur, uh, give Jones the keys and, and uh, let him run that ball. And the final one we'll talk about here, at least in the third round, is um, Adam Thielen, a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about him a little earlier, but he's now the first receiver for the Vikings on the list. Yeah, it, Thielen uh, regularly goes ahead of digs, and I think it just points back to that consistency. Um, you, you just feel better, more consistent uh, getting Thielen uh, compared to Diggs. Um, really, honestly, interchangeable. Either one of them at the anywhere in the back half of that third round, I feel good with. Um, Thielen, you're, you're sitting on, uh, again, uh, another very solid 100-plus, uh, 100, 100-plus 100, uh, 
100 plus receptions, a thousand yards, and um, high single digits to to maybe a sneaky double digit touchdown score. Well, and certainly the prediction is for at least through this list is to have uh, Diggs go in the fourth round. So seems a little bit more appropriate. Uh, although I hope Diggs has a great year. Um, I know you don't want to talk about kickers, but I'd like, certainly like to see what round do you think uh, Blair Walsh will go in? Well, it's not often that I make Josh speechless. So we'll move right on. Uh, thank you for your insight on fantasy. You almost look angry at that question. My goodness. Um, so we'd like to finish off all our episodes with what's in your bowl? Well, wrapping up any good episode, it's kind of like a meal. You know, somewhere in there you have a drink, you have some food, you, you talk a bit, um, but eventually you get to dessert. Tonight I'm going to talk about my favorite dessert cereal, and that is the Reese's Puffs. These things, chocolate, peanut butter, when you mix in that milk, it, it is dessert in your bowl. I, and the true story here, I've gone so far as to... Um, expand from milk with the Reese's Puffs and I've gotten vanilla ice cream. Vanilla bean ice cream, Reese's Puffs, um, you could serve that to a guest. Now as hold dessert. on a second. Are you telling me that on top of your vanilla ice cream you're putting Reese's Puffs? Yeah, yeah I'll crunch them up, I'll leave them as the balls and chase them around that bowl when I'm eating my ice cream. Um, it's crazy but it, it's so good. You could put a little chocolate sauce on there and call it a sundae. I'm sure if you're down at, at your local uh, ice cream shop, they charge you six and a half bucks for something like that. Well, you're probably right, and that, that sounds delicious. It's, it's not necessarily my favorite cereal. i sorry to disappoint you there a little bit. Uh, not a huge peanut butter fan, but um, it is a good cereal. I do like it. Um, I noticed that you didn't bring the milk out and... You also didn't bring a second bowl. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm kind of a jerk like that, and I'm still debating on whether I'm going to have ice cream or milk with my dessert tonight, Matt. Oh, that sounds like a good call. Um, and good choices either way. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening tonight, or to this episode, and to the first episode. Uh, we're having a great time, uh, you know, recording these outside in this beautiful screened-in porch. You probably could hear earlier some uh, lawn mowing going on, and of course the crickets have been going all night. We seem to be boring them, um, and uh, there's just the, all the outside stuff that goes on, and we love it out here. So, Josh, any parting words for our audience? Just like to thank you all for listening, and please, we're we're doing this podcast, trying to really get it started, um, having some fun. Um, we we shared out uh, a lot of times through text or emails. Uh, please give us your feedback, topics you want us to cover, um, but share that link out uh, with everybody so you can really um, expand this podcast and uh, let's see where we can take this. Please share with all your family and friends that you think might be interested. And just as of tonight, we are on Spotify and we are on, uh, well, we're being reviewed by iTunes and we'll hopefully get approved and we'll be on iTunes. So That'll be uh, something to look for if you're looking for the podcast. Otherwise, we'll continue to email out the link for each one. Thank you all for listening, and have a great night. Uh, Skull Vikings. Skull Wind Twins. There you go. Have a good night, everybody.